The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's 10 past 8, and thank you so much for staying with us throughout the morning here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. And it is time now for The Forum at 8. Now, some landlords are battling to evict tenants who owe them thousands of rands in rent and claim that the South African laws are unfair and that they protect unscrupulous tenants over landlords. The prevention of illegal eviction from and unlawful occupation of Land Act of 1998 as amended requires land and property owners to take action against illegal occupiers of land and property within six months of an illegal act. Should the owner fail to do so, the owner is required to provide temporary accommodation as part of the eviction plan. Every tenant is covered by this act, including illegal squatters and defaulting tenants. And on the forum at 8 this morning, we ask, does the illegal eviction law favor landlords or tenants. And we'd love for you to weigh in whether you're a tenant or a landlord. Give us a call on 0891-104208. You can SMS us on 34701. Alternatively, tweet or Facebook AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And uh, to welcome our panel now, we have in studio with us uh, Elise LaRue, partner from uh, Stain, uh, Stain and Partners. Uh, thanks for coming in this morning. Good morning. And also across from her, Trevor Ngwane, who's researcher at UJ and a social activist. And uh, really appreciate you waking up early for us this morning. Thanks, Sakina. And joining us on the line, Advocate Stuart Wilson, Executive Director at Socioeconomic Rights Institute. Thank you so much for your time as well, uh, Stuart. Hi there. Thanks very much. Good to be here. Now, I'm going to start with you, um, Elise. If you could perhaps just talk us through the act very quickly, just so that um, those who may not be in the know are also on an equal foot, uh, footing as we progress through the conversation. Yes. The act is shortly referred to as the PI Act. It's much easier to pronounce. Um, it sets out the procedure that is needed to do an eviction. I mean, the court uh, requires a court order for anybody to be evicted. So you can't go to anybody, evict them without a court order. Um, the Act makes provision not of the private landowner to provide alternative accommodation if they reside in the property after more than six months illegally. However, on the municipality, uh, the, the obligation is placed. So, yes, the Act goes and sets out the procedures. The procedures are also governed by the different courts. Um, but it's quite a intense, short act, setting mm-hmm. out everything. Uh, clearly intense. <laughs> but uh, just in terms of that procedure, just very briefly, you know, uh, what would be the steps, the more salient steps that a landlord would have to go through in order to evict somebody? Um, normally, we would suggest you'll do it by application um, if there's no dispute. You'll have to make sure that usually most of the tenants, there was a lease agreement, the, uh, the, the tenant was in legal occupation, the occupation then became illegal by the lease agreement being cancelled. Once it's been cancelled, then the procedure has to start. You, you, you lodge an application or institute action at court. Then after your action has been uh, instituted, you will bring an interim application um, that is required by the Act where the court directs how the notices must be served. And once that is done, the court then hear the application, taking into consideration various factors and to, to find whether it is just and equitable for an eviction to be granted. The perception is, Trevor, that it is generally the landlords who are unscrupulous. Would you agree with that? Well, I think that uh, 
the law, you know, might have its strengths or weaknesses, but in the way it is implemented, I think it doesn't injustice to ordinary people, to the homeless, to the vulnerable. As we saw with the Luanle eviction, you know, the courts or the authorities choose the coldest day in winter, and, uh, you know, the law says alternative accommodation must be provided. It wasn't provided. And uh, in many instances, you find what is called default judgments, where the people affected are not even, don't, do not even appear in court to defend themselves. So I think the problem is in the implementation of the law. But uh, you uh, talk about the law being unfair to people. But if people are occupying, for example, a piece of land illegally, like the example that you just chose right now, then they shouldn't, uh, some would say they shouldn't be there in the first place. Yes, it's true. They shouldn't be there in the first place. But where should they be? Because, you know, we come from a history of land dispossession. We come uh, from a society which is, you know, uh, characterized by inequality. Millions of people live in shacks, you know, hundreds of thousands live in the open field. So I think that the law and society should take into account, you know, the situation of the people rather than treating, uh, you know, David and Goliath as if they are of the same You power. think that's what the act does? I think in the implementation of the Act, this is what is happening. Because in the implementation? Yes, yes. Okay, there are aspects of the Act I, I don't agree with. For example, as you know, our Constitution has been loaded as a very good Constitution, but uh, the fact that, you know, it protects private property, uh, you know, has created problems. For example, land redistribution, you know, is going at a very slow pace to the extent that about 5% of the land which was supposed to be re-given given back to the indigenous has been given up to so far up to, after 20 years of democracy mm, but does this give people the right to go and occupy land to go and occupy buildings because we know about uh, buildings being hijacked and uh, you know people doing all sorts of things and then it becomes a problem to actually evict them but on the other hand what is the role of government and as I said the lines are open so you can come in 0891-104-208 and join in the conversation and if you have examples or you have any particular difficulty as well we want to hear about those and and perhaps we'll try and answer them as well. Now, Stuart, what is your take on the Act as it stands currently? Well, uh, good morning. Thank you. Uh, can, can I just correct a couple, of, uh, a couple of things that have been said that might mislead some of your listeners? All right. This idea that um, somebody has to be present on land for six months before alternative accommodation has to be provided as a matter of right is misleading in two respects. First of all, the, the test that's been developed by the court uh, in deciding whether or not alternative accommodation is necessary is a completely different one. It, the length of occupation of a piece of land or buildings in and of itself doesn't matter. The question is whether an eviction would lead to homelessness without the provision of state assistance. And while the length of time somebody has been in occupation of land might be relevant to that question, it doesn't answer that question completely. Someone might have been present on land for a month but their eviction might lead to homelessness. Someone might have been present on land for two years, but they may be able to provide alternative accommodation through their own efforts. 
So we need to get away from this distinction, which does, which is suggested uh, by the text of the Act, but doesn't actually um, exist anymore because of the way the courts have interpreted the Act. We need to get away from this idea that somehow people, no matter what their circumstances, who've been um, who've been present on land for more than six months, are always protected, and people who've been present for less than six months are never protected. The test is much more subtle than that. The Pi Act is, is, a, is, a, is a statute that is fundamentally about fairness. It's about what's just and equitable in the circumstances. And simply put, our courts have developed the law to the point that, um, that, 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 that the test is simply whether if an eviction would lead to someone being out on the streets with nowhere else to go, with no roof over their head, with nowhere to rest their head, then the state will be asked to step in and provide alternative accommodation. And it doesn't matter how long you've been uh, in occupation. It's about the, 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 the situation, the social situation mm-hmm. you're in. And it's quite easy to understand why um, the courts have to take account of your, of your social situation. We have, as Trevor has pointed out, a very long history um, of dispossession of the vast majority of the people in this country. Uh, to, uh, 80% of the people consigned to 20% of the land for much of our history. And the Pact says, we're not going to do that again. We're not going to treat people as though they're inhuman and they have no right uh, to a home and they have no right to a place to be, to a zone of intimacy and privacy and security that everybody has a right to. And before we take a home away from anyone, we're going to consider what's reasonable and just and what's fair in the circumstances. So mm-hmm. it isn't a mechanical, technical test. It's a test where a judge is required to weigh up in a very particular set of circumstances what's fair in those circumstances. Now, we can all disagree, and many of us often do, with what particular judges decide in particular circumstances. And that's a matter for debate, and we have a very vibrant democracy, and we debate all sorts of things, including what courts do. But we need to get away from this idea that somehow it's the law's fault. It's not the law's fault. The law requires us to be fair, to be fair to landlords, to be fair to tenants, and to be fair to the poor. Now, um, Stuart, and and, 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 and there, there is simply nothing wrong with that. But then uh, that obviously would require the state to have its act together because if the state is then to provide the accommodation once you evict, then they should be in a position where people can go immediately. Is that the case? It isn't, and, and you're absolutely right, it should be. Uh, across the, the, the country, um, our local municipalities and our provincial governments, in, in many cases, have the primary responsibility for, um, for seeing how many people <clears throat> in the next year or so are likely to be evicted and have nowhere else to go, and plan very basic temporary emergency housing for them. Literally, a piece of land where they can go with um, a roof over their heads, access to water, uh, access to the basic amenities of life. And what should be happening is that across, at a very local level, across the country, the state is foreseeing that there are going to be so many people in the next year mm. or so that are going to be facing eviction, and it should be making provision for them. That, the, problem, the problem is that that's not happening. You're exactly. quite correct. But it's not so, a problem with the law, and it's not a problem with nasty landlords, although many landlords are nasty, and it's not a problem um, with, with tenants who may or may not be taking advantage of, of the situation. The problem is homelessness. And it's the state's failure to deal with homelessness that we should all be debating. And uh, given the state's failure, 
who is that prejudicing? And uh, we'll take your calls when we come back. 0891-104-208. And you can also SMS us on 34701. Join the Gauteng Trade, Investment and Tourism Promotion Symposium in partnership with SAFM, hosting BRICS countries at the Santon Convention Center on the 27th of June 2014. To participate for free, contact Boyce Fatanemi on 082-923-4402 or email at rsvp at bdmmedia.co.za for more information. Visit www.southafricanguide.co.za. Ever wish you could turn back the clock? We are letting you do just that by extending the post-grace period discounts for e-toll invoices between 3 December 2013 and 28 February 2014. Register an e-toll account and settle the outstanding balance before 1 July 2014. And you pay only the standard tariff for these transactions. You can save up to 66.67% on your outstanding e-toll account. And if you have already paid, you can receive a credit. Call 0800-726-725 for your settlement amount. T's and C's apply. E-toll, the better way to go. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. On the Forum at 8, we ask, does the illegal eviction law favor landlords or tenants? And we are speaking this morning to Advocate Stuart Wilson. We have Elise Rue as well as uh, Trevor Nguane as our guests this morning. And we've asked you to come in and weigh in and tell us, uh, you know, what your problems may be that you are experiencing in this regard. And as you've been hearing from our guests this morning, uh, the law is quite explicit. It doesn't necessarily seem to favor either side but in the absence of certain conditions being met by the state it certainly does prejudice one side or over another at any given point but we'll come back to that let's just go to the lines very quickly offensive you're calling us from rosebank good morning hello um yeah you know i've actually had the opinion that with many of our actions in this country they completely ignore our history you know in fact uh Quite often one finds themselves sometimes even at a African citizen feeling like a foreigner in their own country because particularly in the cities, every piece of real estate is owned by someone or other. You know? And I'm not sure how that came about, you know. And um, I think we've got a long history that needs to be unraveled. And we have to start to address it by providing public spaces where citizens can be South African, you know. So as opposed to citizens feeling like... Uh, like foreigners or, you know, that they have to, you know, always uh, have to pay rent to someone or other, you know. But in the event, Ofense, that uh, this uh, place, uh, this dwelling belongs to somebody, surely you can't just go in there and expect to live there rent-free because this is South Africa and I'm African and the land belongs to me. Yeah, look, I do not believe that land can belong to anyone because it was never created by anyone. But the access to land can belong to people. And I think that access is controlled by uh, those who have power, you know, it's often controlled by force, you know. So the first person who uh, drew a fence around a piece of land was not actually justified other by, by, by the fact that they had more power and were able to like, do that. So unless if you've created it, how can you actually own it, you know? <laughs> there we heard from Ofense out in Rosebank. Tamba and Port Elizabeth, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. How are you? Well, and you? I'm good. Again, I want to appreciate the topic first. Thank and, you. And, and, and confirm uh, to, to anybody who's doubting that the Pi Act is a revolutionary act which came in when the situation was dire for tenants. 
particularly those people who were facing eviction from, from banks and other lenders. But the challenge is that the latter, not the latter speaker, one of your panels, the, the, the very last, last one, who said it's in the implementation where government is not coming in to play its role. You see there's a lot of corruption taking place between the banks, uh, the, the court marshals, and the fact that these decisions are taken in high courts, where high court, our people are not able to access high court without having gone through expenses. Mm-hmm. And for them to face, and for them to face eviction because they, they could not pay their bonds. And all of a sudden they are asked to pay 16,000 rand up to 24,000 rand by lawyers to go and stand for them in high court. And they get evicted in housing. And the government is silent. It's not been able to play its role at a local government level to take care of these people. Even old people and destitute people who are not supposed to be evicted get evicted into housing. Right. And I would want to, and I want to urge you, Sakin, please bring back this topic so that we can see a commission of inquiry. A lot of people have lost their houses or properties which they were not supposed to lose. Okay, and um, some uh, very relevant points there, uh, Temba. We'll address those in just a little bit. But let's go to Mr. Khan out in Durban. Good morning. Mr. Khan? Okay, something funny on that line. Let's try Justin in the Eastern Cape. Good morning, Justin. Morning. Hi, thanks. for yeah. um, I just want to say something in relation to a lot of municipalities don't have the land. Um actually available for themselves and I think it's, it's fair for us to start expropriating unused land um, even if it is agricultural if it's sitting idle doing nothing um, my concern is that a lot of people when they do squat for one of a bare word on land it actually is quite dangerous and they're often uh, taking claim to land that isn't suitable for them but I think to find solutions is often uh, province and municipalities I'm not going to have the capacity for many years to deliver housing properly. It, we, we need to actually face that fact. doesn't matter what turnaround strategy we have in place. There will be good wins some places, but for the most part, we, we're going to be slow. And I think it's because we're trying to put big houses. I know municipalities are building temporary sites for, for temporary relocation, but they're building full RDP houses. So that in itself is taking too long, whereas we should rather be actually setting up almost shack towns but at least it would be a structured form of it. Because the chances are that many people who have been promised houses aren't going to get it with the best of intention. Because places like Zimbabwe and countries like that, people don't get free houses. And what people need is a safe piece of land tenure, whether if it's only 30 square meters, it's better than nothing. And and I think it needs to be, we need to look along structured, temporary structures, uh, structured planning for temporary structures, because we're actually delaying the, the ability of people to have, like that gentleman was talking about, those people who are being evicted and have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. At least if we set up structured shack townships in a way, but but there's so many bodies that are actually created engineered shacks that mm-hmm. are actually safe and sound. But we can't afford people who don't have accommodation to have too much say in what type of structure they're getting. Oh, we must we must provide structures that are safe and sound. So they're at our mercy, and because they don't have the means, uh, they should just be grateful with whatever we give them, is what you're saying, Justin. This is temporary, but 
but the reality is temporary okay. has been 20 years for some people. All <laughs> right. Uh, please listen on the radio, Justin. Uh, we'll tackle that uh, when we come back. But right now, it's 8.30 in time for News Headlines with Vibakshni Chit. And time now to check in with Rowena Bird to find out what's coming up on Morning Talk. Hi, Rowena. Hello, Sakina. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Coming up on Morning Talk uh, this morning. In the first hour, we're going to have the open line between 9 and 10 where we, uh, well, you get to talk about whatever is on your mind. And then we have workers on Wednesday and on the slot today, we'll focus on the new amendments to our labor laws. What are the implications of these amendments for both the employees as well as the employers? We are also going to uh, uh, tackle the issue of HIV and TB in South African prisons and talk about the various programs that right to care is engaged in to address this issue. And then in the last hour of the show today, we'll find out more about the One Day Leader competition. And that's the show for today. Thank you, Sakina. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thank you so much, Rowena. It's uh, 26 minutes before 9 right now. You're listening to the Forum at 8. And this morning we are asking, does the illegal eviction law favor landlords or tenants? And, of course, uh, the purpose of the Act is to provide for the prohibition of unlawful eviction, to provide for procedures for the eviction of unlawful occupiers, and to repeal the Prevention of Illegal Squatting Act of 1951 and other obsolete laws, and to provide for matters incidental there too. So, trying to make sense of all of this this morning, you may be a landlord, you may be a tenant, how is this affecting you? And maybe you, uh, just some opinionista who always has an opinion on everything, we'll hear from you as well, 0891104208, or you can tweet or Facebook AM Live on SAFM. And just uh, to remind you, if you've just joined us, our panel this morning, um, we are speaking uh, to uh, Trevor Nguane, as well as Elise uh, LaRue and Stuart Wilson. I just want to get back before we go uh, to the lines or to SMSs to what the callers raised before the break. Now, the issue of ignoring history that uh, Offense raises, and I see several people on Twitter have also picked up on that. Uh, Luazi uh, says, it's a fact. Our land was stolen. We can't be evicted in our own country. We expropriate without compensation. And uh, that is the general trend of what people are saying. What's your take on that, Trevor? Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of frustration and anger on the ground. I mean, one of the problems with our government, it has failed to build enough houses for the people. It has failed to redistribute land. It has failed to create jobs. So there's a lot of inequality. So there's a sense that it's abrogating on its responsibility. And when, you know, the homeless... Uh, you know, they are subjected to, you know, what happened to the Luanja people, what is happening to many people on the farms. So I think that um, whatever the law says, uh, we need political action and will to redress, you know, the injustices of the, of the, of the past. And then, um, Elise, uh, Timba spoke about the implementation process as well, but he spoke about access and people's right to actually defend themselves when an eviction order is actually issued. And he says that they lose uh, the, 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 these places anyway. They stop paying because they can't afford it. And then they have to go to court with these excessively high costs that they can't, can't afford anyway. 
Unfortunately, they don't only have to go to the High Court. I uh, know they specifically refer to the High Court, but eviction orders is not just granted in the High Court. Um, there many matters, um, especially the private landlords, are approaching the magistrate's court as well because you have to remind, they also have to fork out legal costs. Um, they are also people that has to incur costs. So it's not just the poor tenants or the illegal occupants that has to incur costs to defend it. Even in matters in the High Court, I've seen on numerous occasions the Judges give these people an opportunity to come and address the court. You've got the legal aid, you've got the Vets Law Clinic, you've got all of these institutes that give them a, um, access to free legal assistance. But um, at the end of the day, you can't just say, listen, I couldn't go to court. The PAR Act even goes further and say, over and above the initial documents you get, you're going to get a separate notice advising you to say, you have to go to court on this day. If you don't go to court on this day, we are going to grant you. And many people elect just not to do anything. So I think especially we have two different, there's different type of illegal occupants. You have your normal landowners that's got one property, they're renting it out, they're trying to earn an income from that. And then you've got these big informal settlements with illegal occupants. This is two different um, uh, groups of people because in your private landowners, they are trying to earn an income. It's property investors. And we want more of those because if you have more property investors, they're going to build more property. There's going to be access to more property. We can't just let the government say you have to build more property. If you have more property available to rent out, that it will be a, a more low-cost housing and because the people will have trust in the eviction process. But if you really say, listen, if I rent out my property and you don't pay and you can continue staying there, nobody's going to want to invest in property. And Stuart, if you could perhaps just respond to Justin. Justin was saying that the municipalities need to put up temporary structures, um, a shack. Uh, towns, as he said, something of that nature, temporary structures, so that uh, the uh, the municipality government, as it were, can actually deal with the problem. Well, there's an emergency housing policy. It applies nationally. It requires municipalities to apply for funding from provincial governments to do just that, to <coughs> um, <coughs> allocate land for emergency housing where it's needed. Um, there are standards on what services have to be provided on that land, how big each plot has to be. Uh, the problem is that that policy is, is simply not being activated. Can, can, I, can I just come back to something Elise said? Yes. Um, this idea that somehow if you just enforce property relationships, the market will correct everything overnight is, is, is a nonsense. I mean, if property developers are allowed to evict more people, the only thing that that will mean is that more people become homeless. Um, the, 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 the property market serves people who can afford uh, to, to rent and buy property on the private market. It excludes the vast majority of people in this country who require safe access to decent accommodation. And unfortunately, the courts have said that private property developers, where an eviction would lead to homelessness, um, uh, and there is no alternative accommodation available for the time being, have to be somewhat patient. Um, and, to, uh, and, and wait until the state is able to provide alternative accommodation. Now, that doesn't mean the state can sit on its laurels and do nothing, and it doesn't mean that relatively small-scale landlords should be unduly prejudiced. Prejudiced, as I said earlier, it's about mm -hmm. what's, what's fair and reasonable and just in the circumstances. But is that but, fair but, and reasonable but, towards that but, owner now? Well, but to just to, to somehow, uh, for property owners to be able to sit back and say, well, it's not my problem. 
Um, I don't have to carry any of the social costs of the massive poverty, historically created poverty and inequality in this country, uh, and I have absolute unfettered rights to my property. It's with respect don't unrealistic, I? and it's, don't and it's, I and it's do unlawful. It? Well, it, the, the, the law says otherwise. The law says that you can't evict someone if it would be unjust and inequitable to do so in the circumstances. Now, it takes account of the needs of property owners, and obviously if you've got a small-scale property owner who is renting out one flat uh, to someone who can clearly afford to, to go and live somewhere else and to rent other accommodation and who is just refusing to move, then the courts should and will be quick to act, act and evict that person. But if you have, if you have a large-scale property owner who is perhaps a company that owns a large tract of land with lots of people on it, um, uh, that has no particular current use for that land, then the law says, no, the, the landowner must wait until um, mm. alternative accommodation becomes available. Now, at least through... Hold Drew, on, hold on. We have to go to a break because uh, this is getting very interesting. So uh, let's do what we need to do. We'll come back. I see we have callers on the line as well. We've got SMSs, lots to get through. 0891104208. And, of course, you can join in the discussion. We are asking this morning, does uh, the illegal eviction law favor landlords or tenants? Business Support and Brand South Africa will host the South African Competitiveness Forum Dialogue Series. The first dialogue will look at the link between the NDP and competitiveness, a call for active citizenship. A discussion will take place at the Park Hyatt in Rosebank from 6.30 till 8.30 p.m. on the 26th of June, 2014. Join the conversation on Twitter at BuzzRep and at Brand underscore SA. Hashtag Competitiveness SA. Business Report, South Africa's National Financial Daily. Get a copy now in the Star of Pretoria News, The Mercury and Cape Times. Life is about being more savvy with your money, like when it comes to getting great returns on your savings. Oh, look at my little money babies, getting all nice and plump. Eugene, it's because your Nedbank step-up deposit has an interest rate that climbs every three months. I know, it's amazing, and it's linked to Prime. So if Prime goes up, your interest rate goes up. Yeah, but if Prime drops, I can move my money once a quarter. So my little money babies never stop growing. Who's the daddy? Eh? Who's the daddy? Mm. Make money babies happen with Nedbank Step Up Deposit. Visit any Nedbank today or call 0860-555-111. We're an authorized financial services and registered credit provider. Terms and conditions apply. Make things happen. Nedbank. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. And I tell you, things are hotting up here on the forum at eight differing opinions. Does the illegal eviction law favor landlords or does it favor tenants? And our guests are getting into it and the listeners want to come in. Elise, I'm going to give you a very quick opportunity to respond because I want to bring in the listeners. Okay, I think just a quick response. The Act starts by saying that no one may be deprived of property. So the, you can't expect that an illegal occupant renting a property who entered into an agreement and then purely stops to pay, to con- expect the landowner to find that person alternative accommodation. If you elect, if you are earning an income and you can go find yourself alternative accommodation, you should not be a burden on the landowner. Um, the, it was not an overnight a remedy to say that the people you need more property investors, but that's what the country needs to lift the economy. Okay, I want to go uh, to our listeners on the line, but before I do, let me just uh, read to you what uh, the Minister of Human Settlements, Lindy Wesley Sulu, had to say. Uh, she made a call and she said uh, she's called on all landowners, uh, owners of land within the state and private sector, to suspend all planned evictions until there is a clear understanding of the laws 
and basic human rights requirements that must be met before any eviction can take place. This is what the Minister uh, Lindue Sisulu had to say. But let's go to the listeners very quickly. Mr. Khan in Durban, good morning. Mr. Khan? Okay, Mr. Khan doesn't want to speak to us. It's official. Uh, let's go to Nkosnati here in Joburg. Good morning. Hi. Um, good morning to you and your uh, guest as well. Um, I'd just probably speak here as a layman and uh, probably to also say, in context, I'm very, I believe, in integration. But I think that we really need a strong political will uh, to really redress uh, the injustices I mean, of the past. We can talk about eviction and we can talk about renting and all of the kind of stuff. I think the bottom line here is that a lot of our land was forcefully and strategically taken away from our people. And uh, we also need uh, strategic engineering to be able to bring that land back. And uh, not to really be too sensitive to the white folks, because I think that the people who are being asked to be patient here more and more is most often black people, and I think that there is no any other way we can be able to really redress this thing. We have to have a very strong stance, and I'm not saying an eye for an eye, but it has to really be a, 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 I mean like an urgent thing to bring a lot of land back to people's hands, and not just ask the government to build houses, but give people land and let some people who can afford build their own houses, but at least give them land. Okay. And in the meantime, uh, what happens? Because remember, when it comes to this issue, we're not just talking about, you know, wealthy people who own property, who own land. Sometimes people go and they buy property, and the previous people, uh, the house may have been repossessed. They stay there, and they refuse to, to, to leave the property. And someone has already bought, they've signed, and, and they've tied themselves into this agreement, and they have a problem trying to access what now is rightfully their property. But let's hear from Mohammed in Barberton. Good morning. Uh, uh, good morning. Um, I'm a law student and what I say is open to guidance. But for the single uh, property uh, landowner, the, the law has provided a way and that is a hypothecated lease and uh, he, the person who buys the property, uh, he, he accepts it and he must uh, live with the consequences. But if you have a hypothecated lease, then whatever the person owns inside, you can execute against it and then you can uh, attach that and sell that and continue. But I think the bigger problem is where we have many people going to stay on a piece of land. But when you look at it, the person who owns such a big piece of land is in a better position than the individuals who are, are living there. Now, Section 26 of the South African Constitution, uh, Subsection 3, no one may be evicted from their home or have their home demolished without an order of court made after considering all the relevant circumstances. No legislation may permit arbitrary eviction. I think what must be considered here and put into uh, the court's uh, mind is, and I think our positive law must move towards the direction of a mechanism where the landlord can in turn claim from the state for the period and the, uh, that he endures uh, the illegal inhabitants on his land and he must be able to claim damages and losses from the government. Uh, this will be fair because he will be providing uh, a place and uh, uh, 
he will be substituting the duty of government and government then compensate him for whatever he has spent or lost. And uh, this will work because the poor will have a place to stay. Government will have uh, something pushing them. The court case between the landlord who will have, he will then have the money to take on the state, and that burden will not be upon the poor. Okay, thank you so much, Mohammed. Njabulo and Joburg, good morning. Njabulo? Hi, Sakin, how are you? Well, and you? Thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I just want to, to highlight the fact that the, the, the two speakers there, your guests, are actually saying the same thing. So, you know, they should not be seen to be, to be confusing each other because one is saying that the law looks at the circumstances and whatever conclusion it reaches to, to that favored by the, the circumstances. So that's the first point. The second point is that we must correct the principle here. The principle is that illegal eviction is not allowed. So in, in the first instance, for one to go and occupy the land that it does not owe, regardless of the circumstances. And I'm raising this because, you know, in a, in a number of discussions, it has come up that people go and build shacks somewhere, rent, get RTP houses, rent them out, go to another to other places, build other shacks, wait for RTP. So, so, so that trend is never going to stop if the principle is not addressed. Mm, okay, got you there, Jabulo. And let me read some tweets before I revert to the panel. Um, uh, SMS first. This one uh, from Nick uh, in Hilton. Nick says, as a landlord, it is not my duty to provide homes to the homeless. If someone occupies property illegally, then they are in breach of the law. Joe in Peter Maritzburg says, uh, isn't it funny? The indigenous people are the ones that find themselves in this precarious position when the non-indigenous are comfortably housed with swimming pools, Nochal. And then Lynn in Bloemfontein says, what about someone who has bought a house as an investment to rent and the tenant stops paying for rent? for whatever reason, but the owner still has to pay the bond. And uh, Joe in Bizana wants to know, um, what about evicting tenants on your house, uh, from your house? Why does, uh, who does not fulfill the obligations of the contract to begin with, uh, must you get alternative accommodation for that person? And then on uh, Facebook, looking at the Facebook messages, uh, this one from uh, Mukena Daniels, uh, who says, Tenants must pay rent so that landlords can pay that money uh, to pay for the services and maintain the place. If they don't want to pay, they must just leave, finish and clear. And uh, Moss, uh, Moss uh, Mosweo says, when land is illeg- illegally occupied, why should they, uh, the illegal occupants be legally evicted in the first place? Um, is South Africa, are these anti-South African laws in any way? So, though some of the uh, sentiments being expressed here, uh, just looking at Twitter as well, um, people, again, going back to the issue of uh, land and Tsepiso uh, Mukwena says, uh, we are expected to pay land surveyors and lawyers to fight for our land. We can't afford the legal fees. Where is government? And uh, those some of the things you can sink your teeth into. Trevor, let me start with you. Well, uh, <coughs> I must congratulate the Minister, uh, Lindy Sisulu, for, you know, s- stopping all evictions until further notice. I think this decision must be pub- publicized widely, and all landlords and 
you know, government departments and state agencies like Sanral must be told to stop evictions until this matter is properly addressed. Secondly, <clears throat> it's a shame that, you know, although our constitution uh, guarantees the right to housing, you know, after 20 years we have seen the housing backlog shoot up to 2.6 million. So I think that the minister is correct to stop all evictions to give herself time to allocate enough money and develop enough systems to actually provide uh, houses for all. And lastly, Sakina, we must ask ourselves, what kind of society do you want to build? You know, do you want to build a caring society or one characterized by marginalization and exclusion? where people get kicked out of their houses at night. But someone will say uh, caring is not a currency that you can take to the bank to pay your bond. Uh, uh, they, they, they don't accept that. Uh, but uh, Elise? <laughs> I'm coming to you, Stuart. <laughs> yes, um, definitely. I think overall one has to consider that, you know, we only condone legal evictions. Okay, Illegal evictions should not be condoned at all. The landlord should not at any stage take the law into their own hands to do illegal evictions. If an eviction order has been granted, it means the court has considered all that is needed to be required and made the decision for the eviction order to be granted. Um, there is proper guidelines in the Act. The, um, I think the Minister was criticised by her uh, mentioning and saying that the Act has set out what the court has, been, has to take into consideration, and the court has been doing that. Um, it's very. I have not been involved in the matter where a private landowner was expected to provide alternative accommodation for the tenant or the illegal occupant in his property. Um, I think all owners should make sure that once a lease agreement is cancelled, they start with the eviction proceedings as soon as possible. With the people that you have large pieces of land where lots of people has to, or people that will be declared homeless, the municipality is placed with the burden to furnish them alternative accommodation. Mm. And, and I just want us to uh, hone in on uh, Joe from Bizana. says, so he has this home, he has a tenant in his home, uh, the tenant is not fulfilling obligations of the contract, does he now have the burden of uh, providing accommodation for this tenant. I just want you to factor that into your response to it. Well, no, he doesn't. The state does. Um, if it can be demonstrated that an eviction would lead to homelessness in that particular case. Uh, if, the particular t- if it can be demonstrated that the particular tenant can find alternative accommodation uh, through his own means, then nobody has to give the tenant alternative accommodation. The court will grant an eviction order on reasonable notice and the tenant will simply have to move out. It's really very simple. If an eviction would lead to homelessness, then the state must step in and provide alternative accommodation. And a property owner is required to exercise a degree of patience while that process uh, wears its, uh, works itself out. The state can't sit on its hands and do nothing, but property owners can't expect to be treated like they're not South Africans and they, have to, uh, and, and, and they don't have to bear the same benefits and burdens of political citizenship as the rest of us. We're in a society, I go back to Trevor's question, what kind of society do we want to build? We need to build a society where we all owe each other rights and obligations uh, and that those rights and obligations are exercised fairly. Property owners sometimes have to be patient. The state must uh, provide alternative accommodation where it's warranted and people cannot be left homeless. That's not the kind of country I want to live in. 
Let me read some tweets coming through. Uh, Dzunzu says, uh, Linda Wesisulu must spread her SMSs to the banks to stop bond deductions while uh, we are looking at the eviction laws. And uh, Sigin uh, Randberg says, look at Hillbrow to see what South Africa's uh, violation of property rights is doing to our country. He says, your country, I say our country, Sig, whether you like it or not. And then Mag says, um, on, in, on invasions, it seems the law implies owners, not the state, must uh, secure their properties. This responsibility accompanies ownership. And, and, I mean, what is very clear is that, you know, everybody is grappling with this. People obviously still have a long way to go with regard to understanding this act and exactly what it expects of everybody who has a part to play, be it the state, be it the owner or uh, the tenant who is now in a position where they can't pay. But I hope that uh, this morning's discussion has gone some way into just raising some of the issues and giving clarity uh, to others like Joe in Bizana with regard to what needs to happen. So uh, with that, I'm going to ask you to all please just wrap up for us your parting shot, Trevor. Well... We have a tendency of elevating the law above society. But laws are made by society in order to create better living, you know, harmonious living. So we have to look at our laws and ensure that they serve the vulnerable, the poor, the working class, and they redress, you know, the um, injustices of the past. Thanks, Trevor. Elise? The private landowners should continue renting out their properties. They should not feel that the eviction processes are daunting. They are there. They are going to take their interest at heart as well. And eviction orders is not that difficult to obtain. Um, So they have to keep that in mind in future. Stuart? I think everybody has to be a little bit more realistic about what's reasonable and fair in the circumstances. Property owners can't expect to get their way all the time. And people can't expect... Uh, to remain on somebody else's property when they have the means to move somewhere else. The point is to protect people from homelessness, and that's what we should be doing. It's patently, if you read any uh, newspaper story from the last two months, it's patently what we're not doing at the moment, and that's where our attention has to be. And uh, that's where we are going to leave it for this morning. And hopefully you will go and read up, uh, whether you're a tenant or a landlord, on the Act and make sure that you are familiar with uh, the provisions contained therein and uh, so that you don't get scammed either way. And to the state, the state has to come in and play its part. It's all very commendable for the minister to say, okay, halt the evictions, but the state needs to recognize what the law expects of it in terms of this particular act. So that's where we're going to leave it for this morning. Thank you so much as always for your fantastic participation to our guests as well uh, this morning. Trevor Ngwane, researcher at uh, UJ and social activist Elise LaRue, partner at Stain Stain and Partners, as well as advocate Stuart Wilson, executive director at Socioeconomic Rights Institute. And to the production team, as always, fabulous job making sure it went out loud and clear. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning, bright early 6 a.m. here on AM Live. Right now, though, it's 9 o'clock. It's time for the news with Vibaxni Chetty.